Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, the new AG is a lot like the old AG. He's a 90s deep state retread with a history of serving the pathocracy. And I know this because I was pretty horrified at how this guy was portrayed the last time he was making headlines. I'm talking about Merrick Garland. He was the Supreme Court pick from Obama that the Republicans, suppose this is the official story anyway, the Republicans wouldn't consider because they were on the verge of taking the presidency. So Merrick Garland did not make it onto the Supreme Court, but he's Biden's nominee for attorney general. And when he was presented, of course, they always present these guys in glowing terms. He was the hero. He was a guy who always was, uh, he was, um, went the extra mile for justice and integrity in all these really high profile cases he was involved in. But when you look at the high profile cases that he was involved in, so this is Merrick Garland. He's been a judge for a long time, like 25 years. But before that, for about six years, he was a senior official in the Justice Department and he oversaw the prosecution of a lot of crimes. And there's two things that I think are themes from his past that I see being very relevant to our present and how he's going to usher in our future. One is that they were cover up slash false flags. They had sketchy backstories that he had to have helped suppress or facilitate. And the other thing is that they were uh, domestic terrorism related in a lot of cases. And this was, if you think back, this was like the militia time. So this is the foreshadowing of what's happening now. Back then, they really tried to push domestic terrorism, militias, and then it moved into Arab terrorism or Islamic terrorism. Okay, so here are the cases. And I wrote a couple articles back in the day. They weren't like super deep dives and they're a little bit hard to find now because of the purge, but I'm rehabilitating slowly but surely. And so what he did was he was uh, instrumental in Oklahoma City bombing. And I know our friend Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pill did recently a show on Oklahoma City. And there's also a great documentary called The Noble Lie. And Oklahoma City, what really makes me sick about Oklahoma City, which there's also, I think in The Noble Lie, it has the piece from a retired military uh, munitions expert or explosives expert saying there's absolutely no way the official story matches the pattern. There's just so much about OKC that you just have to see. So find the noble eye, even if you have to rent it. But what really makes me sick is that for some reason, I guess the ATF people who were in the federal buildings, whose officer in the federal building somehow like had a field day that day, but the daycare center didn't. And 19 children were killed. There were 168 people killed that day, and 19 of them were children. And those images, which they use to make you hate Tim McVeigh, makes me hate the like Merrick Garland. Yeah, it's interesting that he is associated with those domestic terrorism efforts when we're seeing what's going on now with domestic terrorism. 
Yes. And there were other things that he was involved in that that they're painting to be that the same kind of like militia, white supremacist, domestic terrorism. But they're not like Ted Kaczynski was more of an environmental extremist than a militia guy. He was a loner. And that was one of the cases he was involved in. Ruby Ridge, Wall Street Journal, shame on them, described Ruby Ridge today as a as a militant white supremacist. There is a lot more to that story. That's Randy Weaver. That is not the best way to portray that story. Listen to Make Liberty Great Again. This is MLGA.com. Cam does a great series on Ruby Ridge and Waco. Get educated on that. And also Garland was there for the Waco stuff. So uh, he also had something to do with the Atlanta Olympic bombing and um, the Marion Barry case, which I bet anything was a setup. And, and in the, the, punchline is that he in this journal article from today it says that he vows to target discrimination and extremist violence and to me that means he vows vows swears before god to promote the dialectic that will bring this country to its knees it is interesting to hear those specific cases cited because a video that we did last week, it's going to be available today on Rockfin. They also talked about those cases, Oklahoma City. I believe they might have mentioned Ruby Ridge as well. We're hearing he said, this. He named Randy Weaver by name. I felt like slapping his face. Yeah, and this the is a CFR. So yeah. these talk it's just another illustration of these talking points coming down from the top and being unified. Speaking of which, it's been QAnon all weekend. I mean, seriously, all weekend, nothing but stories about QAnon is what I saw. I'll give you a quick rundown of what I witnessed. Starting in France, QAnon being demonized worldwide is the theme. And in France, the stakes are high as QAnon conspiracy phenomenon emerges and Macron says that there is a government order for a multi-agency inquiry into the conspiracy movements and they're scheduled to have this report back by the end of the month and they got their eyes focused on Q and it all originated in France from a video that was of the January 6th Capitol quote riots with all these patriotic and heroic messages voiced over as images of the Capitol quote riots were being played in the background. So the January 6th Capitol, what they're calling insurrection, is now being used to mobilize people under the QAnon banner and demonize people under the QAnon banner in France as well. So this stuff is spreading worldwide with that specific event being used to to fuel it. And they say that QAnon is threatening democracy and eroding their values. The exact same thing that they're saying over here. Then you move on to 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes had... Here's the basic takeaway from 60 Minutes. People who are disillusioned by QAnon or who are questioning things now that the storm has not happened need to be off-ramped. Off-ramping is another way of saying deprogrammed. And here is the context that they presented it in. The white nationalists, the racists, and when they say that, they're talking about Proud Boys. This is what they're saying. They're saying Proud Boys. They're saying the Oath Keepers. Oh, I want to admit that they actually, by name, talked about Oath Keepers and Proud Boys in this article of the Garland thing, where they just totally, this is the Wall Street Journal, so do not think that the right is actually presenting a different basic theme from the left, but they talk about Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, and I I get people, Boogaloo Boys, Proud Boys, they communicate with me, I have no doubt that the majority of the people in those groups are what they say they are, 
And what they say they are is people who want to defend the Constitution, that are uh, law abiding, that are for civil rights, all that kind of stuff. The Oath Keepers are, is a little bit different because those organizations, Proud Boys and Boogaloo Boys, seem to have a weird uh, origin story. And that makes me think that that was a little bit of a setup to be able to shape and control that stuff going in. But the Oath Keepers, I don't know what the origin is, and I've always worried about being it being infiltrated, but the basic premise there are people in the military and law enforcement who want to defend the Constitution. The oath they are vowing to keep is their oath to the Constitution and to not – what they should be doing, what these guys should be saying is we want to make sure that the Oath Keepers is what it says it is. They should be enhancing the Oath Keepers. And that reminds me of that Rockman video. I hate to refer to it, but I'm not trying to drive people to see it, but it was a CFR. I believe it was CFR, right? Over the weekend. But the guy who was talking was a deep state CIA guy, which is not how they present him. And what he was saying was, how do you defend yourself against somebody who is waving the constitution in front of you? And of course, my answer was, you talk to them. And their answer, I forget what, I think it's that you off-ramp them. You know, they didn't that's use exactly that word. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. They use, actually, that's where I heard that term first is off-ramping. I was trying to remember. And then I heard again on 60 Minutes. And this off-ramping idea is that these white nationalist racists are going to be targeting these people who are feeling they're questioning QAnon and they're going to be trying to on-ramp them onto racism and and white nationalism. So the politicians, the left needs to get to this group of people first, the people that can still be saved and off-ramp them, reprogram them is the way that I I read it. And they talk about how to do it a little bit. They give some instructions kind of how to do it. You need to empathize with them. Don't make fun of them, it says. And you need to shift their view. You need to shift them to a better ideology, a better way of thinking is the way they put it. It's really, it's crazy stuff. Oh, that's right, because that's it. This is so freaky because they were identifying just like kind of Aldous Huxley or this triage concept. There are people who are not in danger. There are people who are too far gone. And then there are the people who are savable, the people you need to manipulate at Thanksgiving. Uh Right. This was straight out of that. And this has happened so often that like the day you find these things, you usually get them like the day they drop. I'm sure you're checking constantly. And then it's not the, what is it called? Uh, Meinhof, Bader-Meinhof syndrome, wherever we're like, now that you've mentioned it, you see it we see it yeah. everywhere. It's not like that because when it's the top story at website after website after website, it's the top story. I mean, it wasn't the top story every day for the past 500 years yeah. and you just are noticing it now. These things, it's very clear, not to mention the buzzwords, the formula, who they're targeting. It's, I mean, the first time that it was absolutely stunningly obvious was the Imran Ahmad one uh-huh. where he said, we're going to target uh, um, minority communities with the vaccination propaganda. I was shocked about how similar the stories were to that CFR thing, language and everything. And the second part of that you take away from the 60 minutes is they have this guy named Joel Finkelstein on, and he looks just like that, like he sounds, like his name does. He studies disinformation at Princeton. He's kind of uppity. And he told Leslie Stahl that QAnon has been rebranded. He said it's been rebranded as 
anti-vaxxer saying that they're doubling down on these conspiracies about COVID and masks. And he says it's it's predictable that QAnon would take the anti-vax route because he claims that if enough people get vaccinated, then their movement would shrivel and die and that they want the pandemic to continue. Wow. That's like my whole vaccine trialectic thing. Yeah. Like they need the anti-vaxxers. But now, like in two seconds, they flip that and say that that these guys need the anti-vaxxers. It's really funny how they attribute this super high level CIA type crap to how it works. Yeah. And then the other chick says how they they infiltrate them. So she's admitting the high level crap. That, yeah, the infiltration stuff was a theme in some of these stories also. They talked about the way that you stop these things before they happen is infiltration, infiltration. So they're being more open about this tactic, which we've been pointing out for years. And they're also bringing family members of Q people to come and speak on various networks like CNN, 60 Minutes, other places to say, my family member's lost. It's so heartbreaking. They're speaking about their family members as though they're one of the ones that they cannot get back. And here is a quote that a guy on, on 60 Minutes said. His name is Nate. He was talking talking about his mother. She used to be a Bernie supporter. Then she turned Q. And he said he attributes his mom having a decline. He attributes what happened to his mom as having a slow decline in trust for the media and trust for the news. And that the many threads of disinformation and conspiracy theories took a hold on her overall worldview. And then he said he feels like he's already lost her. And (laughs) he he just, he doesn't know what he can do to even bring her back. And it's devastating. I'll tell you when I've actually had a few people, they don't say that. They say, oh, my mom, she buys the Q stuff. And the only time it has ever been a problem, it wasn't actually Q. It was something else where some similar precursor to Q basically was identifying specific assets that would go up in value. So the mom, who was a widow, was taking like the family fortune and putting it all in Weird stuff, you know, like dried food, which, by the way, if she was just buying stock in companies that make dried food, it would have been fantastic. (laughs) But it was like 10 years ago. I don't know if you can hold on to it that long. But that's when it is actually a problem. And I should not have actually said that out loud because that is going to be the next thing that they sometimes I I come up with a really clever idea like that. And then all of a sudden it happens. I'm like, did I? speak that into existence or was it heard into existence but that but my point being the people who have told me that their family members are have done the q thing they don't they're not freaked out by it they're just like oh she doesn't believe that and then half the stuff i'm like oh yeah that's true though that is true that is true and they're just like oh my gosh i said but i don't i don't think trump is batman Right. I, I tell you what I think this is this is leading to. I think it's conditioning people to get to that point where they say, well, there's nothing you can do and you're only going to bring yourself down anymore. Kind of like in, in other scenarios when somebody's spir- spiraling out of control. And that's one step closer to completely severing the cord if you need to, you know, and call yes. the FBI on them and stuff. We're going to do a swap cast with Truthzilla this week. And we've been kind of talking about what to talk about. And this idea of the trialectic, I want to run by them, not only with the vax thing, but with with this idea that they are, they do seem to be creating a subculture on purpose. You know, they yeah. say that about, I, I feel like that, 20, I, it's 2030, I have no privacy, I um, own nothing and I'm happy. <laughs> and I feel bad for the people who who can't uh, uh, embrace 
the technological future. It definitely seems like this is going to be the seed group. Maybe this is the group that's meant to destroy the people who just want to grow chickens. Like maybe that's where this is headed, that this is going to infiltrate the outlander group and make it like violent and weird and make it the tunnel people instead of the outlanders. You know, instead of people who live in the neutral zone where they can grow stuff in the sun, these guys are, you know, maybe they're trying to create a criminal class that has to live in the shadows. I mean, I don't know, but they're doing something here. And it's weird that they're creating a, a, a robust subculture and attributing all these complexities to it. Absolutely. They're definitely going to target those groups. To wrap up the whole Q thing, small group of militants outsized role in the Capitol attack was a New York Times story. And it goes through all the military people, has a graph like thing, drawing lines and arrows, kind of like they do with Al Qaeda terrorists. With The complexity. Yes. And... Joe Biggs was a former InfoWars guy, is one of the top guys. They claim he's a proud boy, and which is I found that interesting. But they kind of sum up the whole thing by saying, going forward, the military and law, federal law enforcement are poised to take far right extremism extremism more seriously, domestic terror, according to domestic terrorism experts. And to do so, they're going to need to deal not only with the groups that played an important role in the events of January 6th, but also with organizations that were not involved, and even more loose affiliations of like minded people. Which would that include libertarians and agorists for I sure, think, because agorists yeah. are in the gray market. We're going to put up which which is de facto trying to not feed the state, which the state considers a crime. Mm-hmm. We have it. Uh, we're going to put up on Friday our live stream with Adam, the agorist. It was really great. Yeah, People it was loved awesome. it. So that's going to go on the DMB feed. Uh, but yeah, like that, that's the, that's what I think. It's like, why are those people not being included in these guys targeting? Cause that's the real threat to the state. And maybe they're setting these guys up to unleash in that good, peaceful community. And that uh-huh. reminds me of the infiltration concept. Well, that article also talked about how infiltration is historically the way that you are able to get these groups and stop them, but that it's going to be more difficult to infiltrate the loosely held groups, right? So I think that's why they're putting this stuff out there about the family members, saying my family members lost because just like they said in that Rockfin video, they want the family members to tell them, they want them to call the FBI. We see the billboards. Yes. So, so they actually addressed the fact that infiltration is a government tactic? In this article, yeah, they said the traditional way of interrupting extremism is by infiltrating groups and interrupting plots. It's pretty insane. I think I, I, I know it's extra work, but I think if you put all the links of what you came up with for this show and people who see can see the Rockfin videos compare, like watch the Rockfin video first and then look at this stuff, because I mean, obviously this is how the, the reason it's important. It's not just that's important, tells you what's going to happen. But people are always saying, well, there, would you act like there's a conspiracy, whatever, who's <laughs> on the same page? I'm like, they have to tell you. And yeah. now in the Zoom day, they have to tell you on a video. Yeah. And it's probably a little harder for them to do it totally secretly because it looks a little screwy. So this is, the, the, these are instruction manuals. This, it might as well be the indivisible action, you know, activist video. I, I was shocked. I say it again. It was the most dead on, word by word, point by point, uh, scripted, coming down from the CFR that I've ever seen. And we've seen it before, but this is 
Intense. Yeah, but the one before was also the CFR. So we watch World Economic Forum. We see Brookings. You can watch these things. But now we know why Hillary Clinton called it the mothership. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, you really do. (laughs) And, And it seems like, I mean, I know... So they're turning that towards vaccines. And I know when you look at the COVID stuff, the policies, everything that's happening from the Zoom to the masking, it all has, they always multitask. Mm-hmm. That's, a, you know, another thing that I learned from the report from Iron Man is just they absolutely really don't like to embark on massive operations. This They talk about war. War serves many purposes. And... So they only the bigger it is, the more purposes it has to serve. So we see a lot of them, but we all kind of identified right out of the gate that a primary goal of the COVID policy was, or even scare, whatever, was to get people either to get specific vaccines or just to accept them as a part of life. And then as the as the news unfolds over the, out here anyway, really focusing on the kids. On the kids getting back to school, on the kids, will the teachers get vaccinations? Kids are now facing a greater risk of suicide and drug overdose. So we need to get these vaccines out. And it just seems to me absolutely crystal clear that that was a, if not the primary purpose for all of this, because kids, remember, aren't really affected by the illness. They can only be the victims because of the policy that locked their schools down. And as that just is reaching a crescendo out here, it's very clear that this is about people begging for the vaccine. And I think they put the scarcity of the vaccine in there to make it, to help make it reach that crescendo. (laughs) That makes me laugh because Fauci was on State of the Union with Dana Bash. She's been hosting more lately and he's made very clear, he meant the demand far exceeds the supply. That's hilarious. Well, there's going to be more. And that was another World Economic Forum thing is that we have to get the supplies moving. Is Dana Bash the what the super skinny one with the bob of like light um, of like blonde? Yeah, that's her. Not Dana Lash. No, Dana Bash with a B. Who's the NRA chick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I detest Dana Bash the way I detest, detest Brett Baer because of how they treated Ron Paul. Hannity's kind of in that group too, but yeah. that was bad. Well, she had Fauci on and Fauci had some notable things to say. He said the thing that a lot of people have been talking about that we could be wearing masks into 2022. But what he said to me that I found the most interesting is he was talking about how we could be approaching normality, something we could be approaching a semblance of normality. What does that even mean? We could be approaching a semblance of normality (laughs) by the end of this year. And then if you listen further, you find out that he's not talking about normality 2019. He's talking about new normality, which I think is just more of... It's going to feel more normal to continue doing what we're doing right now. Was- I had that thought today. I, I, I was going into a building and I just put the mask on because I knew that they were going to require it. And they literally freak out when you don't. And I thought I wouldn't be surprised if my kids just always kind of do it as a default going forward. Not yeah. because they're afraid, but because they just don't want people to freak out on them. And some places will continue to require it. And I just remember for Met decades ago, I, for the first time, and it was during the AIDS crisis that I would see people 
with masks on. And I just thought they all had AIDS. And now I realize that actually a, a disproportionate number were Asian. And I think that they probably had this in like the swine flu or Hong Kong flu or some previous iteration of the flu got them all to wear masks and some people just stuck with. And I assume that if it's not required, the people just get habituated to it. And yeah. They feel more and that, comfortable. That's what it feels like. Is it they feels. Feel, yeah. They feel more comfortable mm-hmm. with it on. Like something's missing if they don't have it on. Like if you walked around without a shirt on, it's kind of messed up. Yeah. It's, it's like the conditioning is set in. It seems like what he's saying. And they and they did say I did notice another theme was that they just came out with if you already had it, you if you already had covid, don't get an antibody test, which makes me think that the antibody test, there's something to it. They don't tell you to do that, but they do tell you that you only need one dose of the vax. So they're giving you a little a little discount if you already had it. But if you look, the vaccine is only about like it supposedly reduces your chance of dying. It doesn't reduce your chance of getting it. That's right. what they say. Have you heard yeah, that? I have. Yeah. I, w- I want to see the refined studies that lay that out. I would like to dig into the details of that little tidbit. Fauci said something else that I haven't dug into yet that I found interesting. He was talking about the vaccine and he said, no, we studies have shown that when you get a primer, the vaccine and then a booster shot. And I'm like, wait a minute, a primer? What's this primer? Before the vaccine and yeah. then a booster? So three? That's what he said. He said a primer, the vaccine, then a booster shot. You got to confirm I'm going to investigate. What, I, what I heard him say it is. on CNN, but I was listening to that shortly before the show. So I got to dig into that later and find out what exactly he means by that. And now I am thinking that this is not only about the vaccine, but that all the like, what is this all about kind of thing is only equally as important as the freaking money that they are printing for big pharma. Yeah. I mean, it's now getting revolting. Yeah. Hardcore. Speaking of big pharma, he said that the people who get the vaccine, who get the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine in the United States are going to be more protected against the UK variant because we are using those mRNA vaccines, kind of promoting Pfizer and promoting Moderna over all of the other ones. And yeah, he also, he used the language of vaccinator, vaccinator, just like Joe Biden does. There's a, a term and a new person to look out for. It's in this mix here. You know, I think that that is about getting getting this idea of a shortage of vaccinators in people's minds so that they're relieved when we're told the military will be taking over the vaccination process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's been teased you for quite Not some funny. time now. <laughs> Not funny. Before we get to our last big story of the Free 30, which is about Malcolm X's family alleging government involvement in the civil rights leader's death, I want to tell you a little bit about what's going to be in the Patreon 15. I have a story about a mammal that was born 30 years after its parents died. And we'll tell you about something spooky that happened during our live stream with Garland over the weekend, complete with a mind vitamin from Monica. And of course, a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show, Neighbors Feed and Seed. Neighbors Feed and Seed has the goods you need for good living, sustainable living, chicken seed, bird seed, organic dog food, organic heirloom seed packs. Give Bill a call over there or email him over there at the shop and he will answer your questions and hook you up. They provide fantastic personalized service. Great people over there at Neighbors Feed and Seed. They have a ton of new seeds in as well, including a special offer for Propaganda Report listeners only. Get 20% off of Neighbors organic and non 
non-GMO seed pack grab bag. Just type in coupon code PROPREPORT in all caps when you check out to get the 20% off. And I'd also like to encourage you to consider becoming a patron if you're not one yet. This is how we support the show, how we keep it going. We offer a variety of tiers, six to be exact. With every higher tier on patreon.com slash propaganda report, it comes with another layer of live interactive events with Monica and I, as well as other patrons in your tier. We offer our First Friday Disappearing Patron Parties, our VIP DPPs, our Patron Saint Zoom Parties. In fact, this Sunday, Monica will be Zooming live from her mom's house up in New York. That's always fun when we get to hang out with Monica's mom for a little while. We also offer live on-air shout-outs. We give promotion and sponsorship opportunities where you can share your products and services with like-minded Propaganda Report listeners. And we have some tiers that will even get you some Propaganda Report swag. If you become a patron today... Monica will send you a Propaganda Report mug or t-shirt, your choice. These are fantastic, high-quality products that Monica chose the material herself. I can tell you, both the mug and the t-shirt are fantastic quality. So, check us out at patreon.com slash Propaganda Report. And if you don't have time for more content with all the free content we offer... Please consider a one-time donation through our donation button on thepropreport.com. Now is the time to support our efforts. We have to incur the expenses of securing our content and getting it ready for the next round of purges that we know are coming. We've been purged before, so we're trying to protect ourselves now before big tech tries to kick us off again. And finally, go over to iTunes, your favorite podcasting platform, and leave us a review, a five-star review, preferably, along with a comment. If you like this, helps us show up higher in the search engine rankings. we got to spread the word before the censorship regulates us to the tunnel. So thank you to everybody who has left us those great reviews and ratings. It's very helpful. It also motivates us as well to continue battling and continue putting out good content. And now, on with the show and our last big story before the Patron 15. Malcolm X's family releases letter alleging that the FBI and the police played a role in his death. Members of Malcolm X family, they made public what they described as a letter that's written by this police officer from the New York Police Department. This is back in 1965. The letter was released in a news conference, and it was attributed to a NYPD officer named Raymond Wood. And Mr. Wood's cousin was there at the press conference as well. And the letter stated that Mr. Wood had been pressured by the NY, by his NYPD supervisors to lure two members of Malcolm X's security detail into committing crimes that resulted in their arrest just days before the fatal shooting. So these are the guys that were protecting Malcolm X. And those arrests kept these two men from working security at the door at the ballroom where he was killed. And... He says this was part of the conspiracy between New York, the NYPD and the FBI. And he said in the letter, under the direction of my handlers, I was told to encourage leaders and members of the civil rights group to commit felonious acts. And following this news conference, they released a statement saying that there's going to be a review of this matter. It's ongoing. So it looks like they could open up the investigation to Malcolm X's death. Did it say COINTELPRO in there? No. Because there was that FBI infiltration of civil rights groups back then. Yeah, right. And killing people, Fred Thompson, I think, and Richard Aoki, if you want to dig into some of the names. Fred was a victim and Richard was an in, in, you know infiltrator. So I suspect that they're going to use that story to bring out some... 
I don't know, to feed the dialectic that's happening now for some reason. Yeah. It's interesting why this was in, in the story. But yeah. The NYPD you know, I mean, handed over all of the records related to the case. They've given it to the district attorney. Yeah, this weaponized transparency, this mm-hmm. in-your-face hypocrisy. It's not just revelation of the method. I mean, it does re- reveal the method, but I feel like it's there to get people mad. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. I feel like that is then people can be once they have that anger going, they can redirect it. I have a few quick shout outs. I would like to welcome our new patrons, John, Ron, Melissa and McBird. And I also want to tell people if they want to be a part of this Zoom party, the next Zoom party is going to be on Sunday. It's going to be at my mom's house. <laughs> I'm going to be at my mom's house. That is the one place where everybody gets on screen so the disappearing patron parties binkley me are on screen but the people on the edges are doing all the chats that's where the fun is this everybody's on screen so we keep it small it's just for patron saints if you are a patron saint or you become a patron saint mark your calendar it's going to be this sunday and now on to the patron 15 if you are a patron you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we've been telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. Or you can check us out at rockfin.com slash propaganda report to see our video deep dive podcast. We will talk to you guys in the patron 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day.